What's up, everyone? I'm Matt. And I'm David. And today we're going to talk about... Homesteading. Do-it-yourself, easy living. Also, stay tuned near the end of the episode, because we'll give you our insight on the homesteading idea of the day. So let's jump right into it. All right, so... You know, like, we talk about homesteading, we're, we say homesteading. And, you know, like you and I, we both mentioned just earlier on, like, homesteading for us and homesteading for you guys can be, you know, different things. But what we want to generalize on are different things that you can do or different ideas that we had that you guys can do and that you probably already practice at home to make, you know, easy living in a certain sense to to do it yourself without having somebody else do it for you. And I mean, you know, Matt, I... You have a lot of experience in that in that domain uh, already, and and for me, the reason I think this is a great idea is I'm looking for a house. So you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. You're 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 getting ready to get into it. You know? Yeah, exactly. I'm getting ready to get right into it. So I mean, yeah. like for instance, let's if we start off with like some ideas, some, some things that you've already you know embarked on when it comes to homesteading itself. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, see, like for me, uh, growing up, uh, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a a big thing. We we're always outdoor people, but I mean, we we didn't necessarily uh, do the the big homesteading thing uh, at home. But you know, uh, since I've I've been living in my own house, you know, uh, we've been doing the gardening, we've been doing the uh, the the chicken thing. Um, also, I mean, obviously the hunting and everything else, but also just like the the general, you know, do-it-yourself kind of get out there and, and if as much as possible, try to to, to do things the, the do-it-yourself easy way to, to make things simple, uh, effective, you know, just, just keep that tradition going on that everybody had before us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, when it comes down to things that you've already done, uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier on, and, and it's going to be probably, you know, one of our main subjects is, is for instance, like the chicken coop at your place. I yep. mean, you had, you had to fight. I fought with it. the city for four yeah. years because, to allow yeah. this to happen. Yeah, because, I mean, you're in city limits, and a lot of times yep. people would think, like, well, homesteading, it, you have to be all the way out in, in the, the country. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be out <laughs> in the bootenies and, and in the middle of nowhere. And but okay, so not there, true. Yeah, there I'm going to do some homesteading, but homesteading can be done, you know, straight at home, right in the city limits. I mean, it doesn't have to be all the And way not just there. a small city either. I mean, when I was going through all this, like, we'll get into it. But when we were going through all this, uh, I found some pretty major big cities across Canada and the United States that uh, allow a lot of homesteading ideas and practices. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because... You brought up a, a good point. Well, you you brought up a something that made me think of something. A huge and and this is actually something that a lot of people can do that they don't actually know about. But it depends in some cities because you you have to have certain limits. But beekeeping. Yes. Did you know that in Montreal, people that live in condos or apartment buildings, uh, there are some of them that actually allow beekeeping. To really. Be done. Yes, to be able to well, help with the the you know the the population, the diminishing population of bees that are happening right now, especially in also, the big cities. Exactly, but that 
that is something that it ties in to homesteading. It is the culture, the cultivating, the cultivation, sorry, of at home honey. I mean, yeah, you got no, that's, plenty that's of things awesome. going on there. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if it, here in Bathurst, if we actually have that, that rule I know that if, we have to be a certain distance, you know? I don't know if it's a rule or not. It's very interesting. Uh, we do know some, uh, some city councillors that we could ask this to. Uh, I know of people that do have uh, you know, honeybees and uh, the, the, they do the beekeeping. Uh, they are all out of city limits. I, I will admit that. But uh, it would be very, very interesting to find that out because I've never, uh, well, no, sorry. I've wanted to have bees mostly for my garden pollination. I, I didn't really think of it as the actual honey part of it, <laughs> which I don't know why I, I went <laughs> over that part because who doesn't like honey? Um, but you know, uh, it yeah. would be interesting to ask. And I'm, uh, I'm wondering if that would not be, uh, something that the city could allow, uh, now that I've finally, after four or five years of fighting, got them to allow chickens, <laughs> my next mission. Yeah. Your next mission on that. And I mean, I can understand because some people are a little bit ret- reticent, um, on the whole like honeybee stuff and, and the honey that comes for it from it because a lot of people are always saying like oh you know it's not pasteurized or you know a lot of people believe in the pasteurization of, of yes of course you know different things like that but i mean honey is honey really you know <laughs> and, and in, in my and opinion honey, honey is like one of the things that like lasts forever they i i it's funny we're talking about honey all of a sudden because i i saw something uh during this whole COVID isolation, I was watching a lot of, you know, Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw this one thing. They found, like, this 3,000-year-old honey in a jar somewhere in, like, anyway, I, I don't know if it was in Egypt or whatnot. I, I really don't know. But um, they actually tested the honey, and you could eat it. It was, like, 3,000-some years old, and you could it, still it, eat the it honey. It was still edible. <laughs> yes, it was. You would have not died if you would have ate it. That's well, pretty that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And, you know, like, that's one, you know, example of homesteading in city limits. Uh, and and that we would, you know, anyways, that my myself, I myself, that I strongly stress about, you know, figure out and find, you know, these are things that you should ask your city council. Yes. To know, are these things that I can do in city limits? Another thing that I've noticed is a lot of people actually kind of shy away from having instead of lawn like just green lawn in front of your house they'll almost convert the entire front yard into a garden i mean why spend money on the upkeep of literally something that just doesn't serve any purpose at all when you can change it and and you know have a garden instead (laughs) It's it's funny you say that because actually one of the city councillors here in town, uh, which I actually spoke to today while you were at my place, uh, actually had a very, very nice post about this last year on social media saying, you know, and he he is a uh, well-known uh, person here in town for not only his city council role, but other roles he did in his uh, in his career. And uh, he actually posted, uh, he lives in a very nice subdivision, uh, you know, and he took one picture of his lawn. It was, you know, patchy, yellow, dry, not nothing like, not these nice green golf course type lawns. Yeah. 
And then he took a picture of his garden in the backyard. And I mean, the thing was amazing for an in-town garden, okay? And he said exactly what you just said. Why nourish my front lawn so my neighbors can look at it or and not nourish my garden that will feed me and my family for exactly. months to come? Exactly that. I mean, it's it's just, I've always asked myself that question that like, yep. what Statics. makes, exactly, what makes people so, mm-hmm. so in like, in, adamant about having a adamant, nice lawn. Exactly. That's the, that's the exact word I was looking for. What makes yep. them so adamant that they need to have like a you Colorado know? Springs green lawn in front of their house yeah. when all in all, it's just lawn. <laughs> it's just, exactly. You it, it, work at it to keep it nice, and it doesn't give you anything. Exactly. You're not going to cultivate yeah. that. You're not You're not going to eat any of it. No. Nope. And then all of a sudden, you go and you put a little square in the back of your yard for, you know, a couple little things, and you're like, oh, you know, well, it's too bad. You're all proud you, of your garden. You're yeah. all proud of your garden, but you're like, oh, it's too bad. You know, I, I wish I had more, lo- I wish I had more <laughs> space. I could make a bigger garden, and I'd have more yep. food for longer. Well, what are Look you at the rest for? of your yard. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, no, for sure. Yeah. And that's only one thing. Yeah, exactly. You that's know? only one thing. <laughs> because now, again, uh, it's, it's, that's all fine and great. And look, look, look at me this year. Um, I've, all, I've had my, my at-home garden, which is, you know, maybe 20 by 20, which I plant like, uh, you know, my peppers and my, my cucumbers and things like that I, I use on it i can walk out and use on a daily basis but this year uh, as you know i was lucky enough to uh, acquire a large piece of land outside the city limits yep. and uh, i made myself a really nice garden and yep. uh, I, i've i've uh, helped out like my parents have planted a garden which have never planted a garden before they have a garden now yeah. uh, up there uh, my father-in-law that has a wonderful garden at his place, he lives outside the city limits as well, but he has a, a very large garden for, a, like like we were saying, he's got a 140-foot garden, you know, 50 feet wide at his house. Yeah, but what exactly. we did is we also went up there, and, like, we planted stuff that takes up a lot of room. Like, we planted 100 pounds of potatoes, which is probably going to yield us somewhere around, you know, we're hoping six to 700 pounds of potatoes between the three families. Exactly. But then... People don't think about what they do with their stuff afterwards. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Exactly. There's there's a whole like different... Said, there's... <laughs> people it, it, don't build their houses like they did before to accommodate the homesteading lifestyle. Yep, that's and then, true. You know, Everybody wants something modern, but modern doesn't necessarily mean useful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's very well said. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean... I I completely agree with that because on so many occasions do you, I mean, nobody, not many people know any recipes for, you know, no. pickling and any recipes for, you know, vinegar or uh, different things like that. These are all things that like our parents knew about because they didn't have yep. a choice but to do it. Exactly. We don't know about it because we go and we'll get, you know, gherkin pickles at, yeah. uh, at Sobeys or Super Atlantic for a dollar, yeah. Yeah. A, you know, a jar, and, and so be it. But, I mean, these are all things you can do at home. You can do if you, you know, do your own stuff and, and have a garden behind your house. It, it, gherkin pickles are not that hard to make. I mean, it's... I bought, I bought the, the, all the, the a canning kit last fall for the first time. 
Yeah. My wife said, oh, let's try to, uh, you know, we made pickles. Actually, one thing we made was pickles. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, then we made salsa and we made all kinds of stuff. And I'm still on like a few of the last jars of pickles I made last fall. And I mean, I ate some all winter. Exactly. And and even How just... How great is that? Yeah. And, and even, you know, salting and drying yep. and curing the meats that you have. Uh, these are all things that you can do with like yeah we're not saying go out and buy a bunch of cows and no no pork and no. pigs and you know <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff like that but you can do these things at home by just going to Sobeys, buying some you know yeah a bunch of, of meat and stuff like that and if you say like oh well you know it's unfortunate the meat just doesn't last anymore well make it last is what exactly. we're trying to say like exactly find ways to make it last <laughs> and and i mean again if you're you're a hunter or a fisherman, you know there's a bunch of ways to to go even beyond the the fact of having to make it to the store. Real self sustainability is possible, even if you're oh, yeah. you're living within city limits. You know, to I shouldn't say real self sustainability because I mean you're still going to be hooked up to to power and you're still you know that's a whole other subject. But I'm talking about like as an outdoor uh, man or woman or family. Um, we we have a, the opportunity to be more active and knowledgeable about you know like when we when we say wildlands is about hunting and fishing that this is an outdoor activity that if your chances are if you're a hunter if you're a fisherman if you're into hiking if you're into exploring if you're into that kind of thing this will interest you and this will uh, probably either have already been thought about by you attempted by you or you have a basic you know let's say let's say this one person that's listening to us right now has a garden but never thought of anything else or never thought of the canning the pickling the whatever or somebody that you know uh dries their meat but never really got into gardening you know it's it's very in today's time especially again uh well we'll jump ahead here you know, I'm sure, like me, that here in town, for the first time in in forever that I remember, the garden centers ran out of of uh, vegetables. Like everybody, you drive around, you can see gardens everywhere because people, due to COVID nineteen, I believe, really had a wake up call and saying, "Hey, we got to get back to our our roots." You know. Yeah, well, not just that. I think, you know. There was a time period where we had no choice but to stay at home and and everything like that. And I think, I mean, I think people had, we obviously all got the the same impression of the government was practically just doing this like scare tactic of saying, you know, stay home. So I think what happens is everybody kind of got this like frightened, frightened mentality that I'm going to call it the aha moment. Yeah, well, they got like this. Yeah, exactly. The they got like this this aha moment. But I I feel like they've also they also kind of got this frightened moment where you know yeah. they told themselves like, oh, this is going to be something that's going to last forever and stuff like that. And you know, right? This is before they said that people had to stay home. They they probably went crazy on on everything. I remember the garden center in Canadian Tire like before yeah. we actually had to you know self isolate and. uh Oh no! It was just like the, there was nothing left on the shelves. There was, all the seeds were gone. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, I had even a hard time just finding like cucumber seeds. 
I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> they everything was was gone. Like, uh, what is it? Which doesn't usually happen, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's not something. Usually, you see thousands and thousands of packs on the on these like yeah. three sixty racks. Yeah, but there was nothing left. I mean, even the well, tomatoes were just like flying out the door, like twenty dollar tomato mine. plants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buddy of mine is the manager here at the local agricultural society uh, store, which is, you know, where you go to order. If you want to order your chickens, your ducks, your quails, your pigs, your whatever, uh, where you get the feed for that, where you get your seeds, your, you know. And he yep. was saying they ran out of chickens and ducks and, and turkeys uh, really? this spring. Okay. They had a truck come in with 3,000 chickens 2,500 turkeys and about 750 ducks. Mm-hmm. And then he said I, he didn't even have the number on the quails because a bunch of people bought quails too. But I mean, he said he's he's been working there for 10, 15 years and he has never seen these numbers. Well, like, you know... It, insane. Exactly that. And even though, let's say, the situation that we, we're presently living and that we lived prior to... Um, was you know a negative impact on on everybody but i do believe that one of the let's say group of uh, employees and and group of uh, an organization uh, i would rather say uh worldwide that extremely benefited off of this Mm -hmm. are probably all the farmers yep hopefully hopefully they did i i would seriously believe that they benefited other than the fact of having probably a lack of manpower, which is almost something every single year. Yeah. But I mean, man, I bet you they benefited off of this so badly. Cause I mean, people are afraid of their local superstores and supermarkets yep. and stuff like that. You're right. So what are they going to do? They're going to go straight to the guy who that one guy who just, you know, the, I say that one guy or one woman, it doesn't really matter. But what I mean is, like to them, that farm is solely owned by one person. Therefore, yep. they're the only ones that are like handling the food and everything that's coming out of there. So they're going to buy straight from them. I mean, yep. these people and even the supermarkets and everything like that, you have to admit, people went crazy off of the food. Oh, geez. Like, they thought they were going to be living alone for like months. <laughs> I know. Anyway. But I mean, so they went crazy on the food. And that's yeah. the same thing. All farmers and all, you know, butchers and everything like that had to supply the meat and the vegetables and the food. The flour companies probably went crazy. They made so yeah. much profit. That's that's insane. Yeah. And, like, hands down, I think they benefited. And good on them because, I mean, they've been having a hard time for the longest time. But Exactly. <laughs> this year was their year. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. It was it was their year in a bad year, you know. They, yeah. they had a good 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Other than the fact that they had to wait before going to the supermarket, they had a good 2020. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I say, to get back to, to the homesteading thing, um, I don't know about you, but do you think, and, and this kind of seems to go back to uh, uh, another topic we had in one of our earlier episodes, do you think it's a trend, um, like it's obviously a trend that, that has been losing down, uh, losing interest with, with like millennials maybe and, and that, but uh, do you think that there will be 
a comeback or do you think this is just a temporary thing because of this and it, it will end up ending back to where it was prior to to uh covid um well actually you know what it's that's a good question that i find that uh, i've always reflected on quite often and i'll tell you what my input is on this i believe that homesteading will grow in popularity but not in the proper place um and the reason that I'm saying that is that homesteading before was upkeep of pretty much your entire lifestyle. Homesteading now, in my opinion, in, in let's say the modern day that we are living in right now, including later on, is not going to be, um, it's not going to be homesteading like home renovations and do it yourself like chicken coops and stuff like that. I think the generation that we live with now are going to be concentrating more on like making your own bread, food, different things like that. Okay. And that's what I find is unfortunate because I do not believe, and I'm sorry for all the, <laughs> the millennials that are listening, if there are any, I do not believe that they are interested in building their own things. I think they're interested in having somebody build it for them so that their house is, you know, all modern and renovated and looks cool with all the electronics and stuff like that, but they have somebody else do it for them. But then in their backyard, they're going to have a stand up, you know, garden. And then they're going to be like, yes, I'm self-sufficient, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think that's I think how I right, feel it actually. is. They're, they're looking for right. the Pinterest type of thing. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's a funny one right there. Uh, because I mean, again, when, and, and, we might not be uh, millennials. We're like a weird generation, in my opinion, because we're like, we know that we got to do, you know, the homesteading thing in, in a certain fashion. Yeah. We we were kind of brought up into it because there was still a lot of it going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were kind of like the last generation, in my opinion. We were kind of like that last generation. We're the transition generation. Exactly. Like, I think most of us, in our age, uh, and, and I would say up in, I would say like the 40, anybody that's in the forties and up to the thirties, we were, we were in that last kind of like boom of being taught and shown everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and having to, well, being fortunate enough to be able to do almost everything. But then after our generation, even though we are the ones that know how to do it, it seems that our generation is not passing that on. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 the good point right there. It's like we're not we're not not doing our duty, maybe, but it, or it's not necessarily that we're not passing it on. It might also be that the next generation, like you said, would rather pay and not have to get their hands dirty yeah even if they even if they you know like you say they 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 have the interest is there but not fully it's well, like their interest is there for like certain aspects of it but yeah. not everything well no. it's like a, the interest is there but we seem to be too solidary like yeah. to to want to show it it's too yeah. much work for some reason to show it to somebody else rather than just taking the time to do it it's like we told ourselves, like our generation has told itself, well, many, 
I would say not everyone, but let's say many of the generation of people that are in our generation that have children, it's like they tell themselves like, it's okay. I know how to do it. I don't have to show somebody else how to do it. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the problem is, is like now the kids that are growing up now are so self-sufficient on electronics and everything like that, that they don't even like, I'm sorry. I've seen things on, on TV that, you know, things that make you go, hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? When I'm hearing about the news, when, I, when I'm seeing on the news that they're saying kids are are feeling, you know, are being uh, dep- not deprived, but are, are, and I have nothing against people that are depressed, whatever. No. But that there is a spike in younger children that are um, experiencing depressive behavior because they don't know what to do i know are you serious (laughs) don't know what to do yeah like we would we would be so happy if we could get one like day off of school yeah because we would we would have a ballpark of a day (laughs) oh yeah like i i've actually had this experience just like a few weeks ago with my my daughter which is six years old you know yeah. And at one point I was like, okay, you're going to learn to play by yourself. Like you don't have to be entertained all the time. And she like melted down and said, I don't know what to do. I was like, how do you not know what to do? I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I feel like I knew how to how to just go outside and take a branch and pretend I was a cowboy, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Exactly. Like it, you know? And, you know, these are all things I don't I don't understand. Like because yep. the thing that that makes me go hmm the most is because these kids that are in these statistics are kids being raised by our generation. Yeah, like which what? have the capabilities of showing them a lot of <laughs> yeah. homesteading uh, uh, ways of life. Exactly, and, and passing like, down something very important. Like I said, the transition right now. Like, where are we going wrong here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what, you know, and and I hope I'm doing my part as best I can because, I mean, I have the kids out in the garden. I, you know, I, like, again, the bees, I've talked about how important it is for bees to have bees on earth, you know, for pollinization and that. And, like, my kids know about it and they're six and three. And, like, they see a bee. Like, the other day my daughter saved a bee out of the pool because she was like, oh, I know I have to save this bee, you know what I mean? And and I feel like that was an important part. And and it does tie into homesteading because, like you said a while ago, you can have your bees at home and you can have, you know, the pollinization of your garden and all yeah, that absolutely. kind of stuff. And, and it's just like a, an important, you know, thing to, to pass on. Exactly. And hopefully it keeps going. And, I mean, like that we're looking at, we're, we're talking about food in this aspect. But it also falls, homesteading also falls into the category of like uh, what you had mentioned earlier on. Like even for self-sufficient power, you have solar power, you have, you know, different means uh, of storage, different means of being able to have like a, 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 almost like a a cool room, a cold room. Well, that's like we were saying for modern homes. Yeah, exactly. Modern homes don't have that anymore. Nope. Nope. But it's not cool to not have, to have one. Exactly. Like, yeah. So why why am I gonna go and you know dig a hole in the dirt when I can just have a you know energy yeah. star five star yeah. rated deep yeah. freeze? 
You yeah. know what I mean? With a, a, yeah. a windowed pane front that tells me when there's missing meat. Yeah. No, but <laughs> you know? no, seriously, that's true, though. Like, again, like you were saying a while ago, the, these these new people are going to have all this nice garden. But when they come to, to cultivate at the end of the year, you know, to harvest everything, what are they going to do with it? Yeah. What are they going to do? Lose half of it. They're going to, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they didn't. At least the photos look good, right? Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, in my Instagram account is awesome. Insta- look at my garden, you know? The Instagram account look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, that that's... And, and again, not dissing on nobody on, on different generations or nothing necessarily, but it's just that this might open... I'm, I'm hoping this opens up the, the, the minds of the people that have the slightest little interest in it and say, hey, let's look this up even further and really really get into it yeah and and you know i this is another thing you probably heard about this where there was like a a, a, not a pandemic but like this huge instagram you know popularity everybody was making bread you know what (laughs) i mean yeah but the thing is is if you if you like they're like oh yeah i make bread all the time and the person behind the photo is like skinny as a toothpick yeah i mean i am not gonna lie if you eat a lot of bread, you do not get skinny. You if you not. eat home bread, if you eat home bread, the amount of butter and fat you put into that, just <laughs> for it to taste afterwards. good, and uh, and on it afterwards, do not tell me that you ate that loaf of bread afterwards. I doubt yeah. hardly that they, they ate any of the bread afterwards. There's probably a lot of them that chucked it out after they took the photo. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. this is what I think we live in now. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like. I do not believe that the homesteading of the future is going to be like a complete all around no. cycle of homesteading. I think it's just no. going to be an image that people will fad, create yeah. Yeah. just to look good, but on the food aspect of it. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. Cause the renovation aspect is just way too difficult. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, one thing I know that actually also, uh, I consider it important maybe in homesteading as well as like, uh, and I know this was a trend a lot with, uh, this was actually something that was younger generation, uh, yeah. hydroponic gardens. Yeah. Like you, I'm sure you saw those, uh, you know, people convert like part of their basement to hydroponic gardens, yes. uh, you know, have the fish basin, have the fish basin at the bottom with a, a circulation system for the water to feed their, I, I've actually always been interested in that and never, okay. uh, never, I looked into it and then ended up having kids, you know, and had to do other renovations in the house instead of converting my basement into a hydroponic garden for uh, for my lettuce and my, my stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I think that might be a trend that will catch on for uh, the future generations in homesteading. It, it, I mean, you're not going to be... Well, you, you could almost be more self-sufficient that way, especially in our region where... Uh, you know, winters are, winters are long. <laughs> winters are long, and they start. And summers early. are short. <laughs> yeah. Summers are short. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know that that is that could be an interesting uh, thing to look into, um, on a, on another on another subject. Uh, Absolutely. Being you know uh, part of the homesteading thing. Yep, and uh, another thing too that you know now that we looked into the food aspect of of homesteading is 
home renovations or even you know when we look at hunting and fi- well hunting and fishing fishing there is a certain aspect of homesteading that can be done but i mean hunting i believe in my opinion is is an easier way to look at it because i mean you yes. can build your own stands uh you can uh, you know maintain your own food plots uh there's a lot of stuff that you can do yourself over many many years time to you know benefit the 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 cultivation that you do right yes yes Uh, i mean take for example your dad and yourself Mm -hmm. for bear hunting and stuff like that i mean you have your spots these are spots that you go to on a regular basis when it comes to prior to the the season and after the season all to maintain and upkeep you know the service that you give to your clients at the same time you know what i mean yeah for sure I, I i totally agree i mean you know um the the work that's getting to put into um this these areas and these setups to it's almost like a, it's almost like garden if you want it you know it's you you prep everything and then you you have a you have a yield a harvest and then you know there's there's some work to go into there for your next season and and no definitely it's it's a the hunting aspect of homesteading uh can be you know uh passed down it can be shown it can be taught it it's something you got to work at um you, you got to build it up for it to like you say to be prosperous for you uh on the long run yeah exactly like I would say, you know, sometimes you get to a place and a stand is like all rickety and, and yeah, broken I'll down. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and, and you're almost hesitant to say, like, I wonder if clients actually, like, want to climb up this thing without, like, yep. signing an insurance paper before they do. <laughs> but, like, like I know that your dad is, is completely the opposite to that. Like, he will, oh, yeah. he will refurbish, on, like, you know, the stands and everything like that to just to make it like almost a comfort zone <laughs> he's actually going up there uh tomorrow what you know we went over to my dad's place uh, earlier today to set up his trailer yeah uh he's actually going to the uh the mill tomorrow to pick up a bunch of lumber to do exactly that he's going back up to the lodge tomorrow uh or later this week actually one to you know top up some of his stands some of his moose stands for this fall yeah. Uh, yep. Also to you know fix up around the lodge, fix up his his uh, deck and everything at the lodge. But yeah, that's it. It's you know he's he's prepping, building, uh, upkeeping everything to be able to supply you know the services and the everything else that that you need to to have a a a yield uh, at the end of of a season. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 this is. This ties into homesteading. This ties into yes. being self, like self sufficient and 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 self useful. I would say almost in a certain sense, like just being productively useful to your own means. You know. Yes. Exactly. And and, and like that's it. It could come into the same category as like when you when you're at your own house. Uh, if you got like a a beam that you know uh, underneath your your patio that starts to sag down a bit well it's just you know doing it yourself to put a jack underneath of it with some you know two by four as a as a base yeah. plate and lift up that beam reset the the brick mortar or whatever you need and reset the you know the, yeah. the posts it's... and everything like that like it's just these are things that i believe are necessary 
it's going back to, to your roots and it's going back to our roots i just find that it's something that's also in a certain sense dying in tradition oh definitely definitely <laughs> definitely people are, people are going into condos more now yeah. than they were before and i mean a condo is like you're not going to do anything you, you no, tell pretty much the owner not. of the condo who hired a, a maintenance manager and yeah. he's going to go around and do the repairs for you it's, it's yeah, we for live sure. in a society now that's looking at that you know what i mean yeah and i mean it's simple uh if you go like i i read a lot of articles on on homesteading like on a one acre piece of land i mean in 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 city limits it's easy enough to get one acre of land uh, outside the city limits it's practically at least an acre of land and i mean you know to to be self-sufficient on there like you say it's not all about the garden it's not all about it's about being able and i hate saying self-sufficient because i don't necessarily believe that homesteading is a hundred percent self-sufficiency i believe it's like you say just being able to have the knowledge the know-how of whether it be gardening hunting uh just do it yourself fixing up at home upkeeping upkeeping your chicken coops you know keeping your chickens alive <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's as simple as that really you know yeah it's, it's, it's a stupid <laughs> you know one but that. it's oh yeah I, I cannot count on how many occasions i've had to go rescue my chickens from predators <laughs> yeah if, if i rescuing is the, <laughs> the proper word to be saying here rescue. but yeah no <laughs> yeah rescuing one <laughs> yeah exactly not the others <laughs> yeah some others may have not made it through but you know um and and just being able to pass this down as a di- not a, as the dying art is going down of homesteading uh, to future generations is it, just awesome and yeah. Yeah. you know you know like me uh myself uh like i i like to go like i said i don't like to say that it's self sufficiency but i also like to say that as a hunter fisherman outdoor person you know i very rarely well i honestly do not remember the last time i bought meat at a grocery yeah. store <laughs> well like i i i eat wild meat year round my family eats wild meat year round fish as much as i can i fish i fill it everything i vacuum seal it you know i i keep it for later um chickens at home I mean, I don't think I've bought eggs in four years. You know, that it's just yeah. small little examples. And then you have examples. some left over too. <laughs> eh? And then you have some left over. You're trying to find somebody to give them to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I've been giving eggs out as well a lot. But you yeah. know, like, like okay, last hunting season was was last October, and we're like July in two days. You know, and. Oh you were over at my place today and what did we have we had we had deer meat that i harvested last fall which was awesome yeah exactly but you know what i mean like who says that you can't preserve it which is which is you know i'm not saying i have an underground cold room that my meat's not frozen in a deep freeze that's not what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. but you know it it is you know considered to me that that is part of the homesteading part for me you know like exactly I, I harvested something. I'm feeding my family with it. I'm feeding myself with it. It's been, you know, so long. Hunting season is coming up again. I'll replenish that th- as, th- you know. Yeah, and I think also, like, that that 
in your case works out very well mm-hmm. um, because you have a family that enjoys yes, a gamier type of taste. And and I think that's something that like a lot of people are not they're not as open to now as they were before. And yep. I find that's a bit unfortunate because really when somebody says, Oh, I don't like the gaminess of, 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 you know, that type of meat. Oh, it tastes very gamey and stuff like that. It's like, please describe to me what you what? mean by gamey. Yes. Like, what, what is a gamey tasting meat? Cause to me, like every meat can taste differently. Like why, why did a certain meat become your standard? Like yeah. since, since when did that taste become your standard? Like it's saying like, I only put salt because pepper tastes weird. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you're it, right. you put seasoning on different types of seasoning all over the place. Like, do the same. It's the same yeah, concept. I can, see, I could, I could, that's a good example. Like, I've eaten at, like, I, I don't only eat wild meat. I will eat beef. I will eat store-bought meat. I'm not saying that. And I've eaten, I've eaten store-bought meat at, at like, my in-laws because my in-laws, as much as I'm a hunter and a fisherman, they have never hunted, never fished, and they are ones that say the wild meat tastes gamey, and they won't eat it for, you know, I'm lucky my wife, when I met her, she started eating wild meat and loves it and comes hunting and fishing with me as well, but, you know, uh, I could, I could, I've already tasted store-bought meat that's not good. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, it's, I, I have a hard I have a hard time with people to say, Oh, wild meat. I could probably cook a piece side by side and you never know which one is which. Exactly. Just by like, the way you bread, you know? That's what I uh, like to me it's it's I just find it funny. Sometimes I, I almost feel like when you're in the presence of somebody that says they don't like game meat because they they think it tastes too gamey, sometimes you just feel like going like I feel like trying to like mind trick this person into thinking oh, yeah, me they're too. eating like beef and then at the end of the meal just be like hey you know what you ate deer think yeah, about it i'd love to do it <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah but people you know, that like, know me people that know me that don't <laughs> like wild meat will not come eat at my house because they know they're gonna eat wild meat you know what i mean <laughs> well even so like, it's like people will say like oh you know bring your own steaks and whatnot and you're like okay i'm gonna bring my own steaks and stuff and you go to the barbecue you cook your own steak and stuff like that and eventually you'd be like oh you know what this tastes this steak tastes great and i mean i bought you it at sobeys and yeah. you want to you want to try a piece oh yeah i'm gonna try a piece oh yeah it tastes good yeah yeah it tastes good hey it's moose <laughs> <laughs> gotcha you know gotcha yeah, what do you say yeah. now <laughs> like, yeah and that's another example like uh since i have my chickens have you ever eaten a fresh egg Oh yeah, that's oh, the yeah. best thing in the world, man. Like I will, I cannot I eat a store bought egg no more. I mean, uh, like I remember. Well, in British Columbia, where I used to live, uh, Powell River, I would say mm-hmm. homesteading was uh, pretty much it, it was a society that lived almost entirely on homesteading. Oh, that's uh, cool. We had festivals of just homesteading. Uh, I don't. Oh, nice. uh, we called it the Blackberry Festival or the uh, you know. What the folks festival? We also we had another one called the folks festival and the other one called the blackberry festival. Can you imagine? Okay, very you know tie dye was a great thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got nothing against the people that wear tie dye. But I'm just saying, no, tie dye no. was tie dye was in. Yeah, but I mean these areas like this area here. If you if you didn't have a friend that like part of the fa- a friend of the family that that literally almost did from A to Z everything. 
like it was just kind of weird. The, okay. The like that entire place that was an it was island. the norm. Yeah, it was the norm, and there was even an island that was not far from where I lived. You had to take a ferry to go to it. It was called Texada Island. On the island, there's probably about I don't know, I think probably thirty to forty families that live on that island. Okay. That's it. It's a pretty big island, but it's like everybody's far and few between. And okay. like on this island, it's like self-sufficient. These people live literally like on everything that they have on their land. It's crazy. Oh. And one of my buddies, his dad lives on the island because his parents were separated. So his dad lived on the island and I'd go over there and stay there. He had his own lake that, on his <laughs> land that he, you know, had a whole bunch of rainbow trout in that he would put in every single year. Okay. Fish the trout when he could to be able to cultivate that to make, you know, food. Uh, fish salmon or whatever in the in the sea have a huge garden chickens on the outside you know like it was just yeah. like this guy was like living the official homestead like the the, the official the image homestead. that i have in my mind exactly of and a you real should. you know yeah and like i don't know what he worked but you should have seen the house that he lived in holy smokes that okay. house was huge it was like okay. these huge like wooden beams all over the place and like the big wooden staircase that would go up like literally like the cottage of a dream of a know? dream yeah exactly yeah. but living off the land like that's how he did it really? it was it was amazing dude like that's something i will always remember and be like i wish i could do wow. that wow <laughs> yeah yeah well like i was mentioning on that that piece of land i acquired that that newly acquired piece of land that i got my big garden on right now um you know, the plan is for, for myself and my wife, once the kids are older and that, to, to go there and build, you know, a real homestead uh, farming area. Like, not, not just to be able to, I would love to be food self-sufficient. I'd love to be. And, and I see that as a possibility uh, up there once, once. Uh, my kids are grown up and I have the chance to get there. So it, it, it'll definitely be in my plans, in my works later on. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, I'd like to as well. I, it just depends where I'm going to end up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to be my next door neighbor anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? It could happen. You never know. <laughs> that, that could happen. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, Hey, Hey, Why that, not? that could be in the plans for, uh, that you could know, be in the like, plan. with the, uh, the, that house. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. That could be like in the near future, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So with that said, uh, I think we, we touched on a lot of bases on, you know, what we, we like, but I think we should talk about what our, you know, not product Homesteading of the day, idea. but our idea of the day that we think is, is going to be the topic. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like like we say, it's not necessarily a product. It's uh it's an idea. It was a, it's something that I take very uh dearly to to what I've done uh to to push this. And as Dave mentioned, uh you know, I I went and I fought really hard for the uh the chickens within city limits. Um, you know, I did presentations at city council. Uh, I had a bunch of people involved in this. I pushed for it and finally uh, came through. But with this being said, you know, uh, I had to I had to plan out like all kinds of chicken coops and all kinds of that. And I mean, I I, I actually did end up 
doing a lot of research on this. Yeah. And uh, chicken coops are very, are very simple. You have different types. You have different, you know, for, for anybody, whether you're living in the city or uh, living outside the city or whatnot, chicken coops don't have to be something complicated. You need, you can get something real simple. Uh, and I'm going to share some, some, a few little tips for somebody that might be interested in, in building themselves a chicken coop uh, or, or whatnot. Main thing, um, you know, predator proof. I can't. Well, especially in bathers. <laughs> yeah, for some reason you can have bears here, in the middle of the city. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still have them. I'm probably out there right now, actually. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, predator proof. You get this normal. Most people will see like this normal chicken wire, you know, with the big big holes in there. If you anywhere that has raccoons, weasels, whatnot, you don't want that. I, well, I don't know, Dave, if you saw my chicken coop, but what I did, I got all the the mesh that my chicken coop is the the coop is covered in is all half inch squares i mean there's no yep. raccoon sticking his paws through there to grab a chicken while it's walking by yeah exactly um i'm not saying a weasel can't get in anyway because i mean they'll get in anywhere but it'll at least slow him down real good uh and i'm not saying a bear will not get in there as well i'm just being lucky right now that the bears didn't get in uh but predator proof is one you know make sure you dig down deep enough uh bury your mesh underground don't put it just flush cuz those things are just going to dig underneath and get in there anyway uh, so, you actually know, bury sorry, the ground yeah yeah when ahead. you say bury the mesh now this is yeah. something that i've seen often like because i've seen a mm -hmm. lot of people that that have uh, chicken coops that are kind of like with the little mini ladder that goes up and yeah i mean like where the chickens uh, rest or whatever are, is above ground. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say that that is something that is useful or, I mean, like in your case, I know that it pretty much everything is on same level, but you bring the fence down all the way down into the ground. Yeah. Do you think people actually still have to fence in if it's above ground? Like, is it still, is it still I something that people should do? I actually moved mine. I moved mine, like my run. Okay. When I say run, that's the outdoor part where chicken will be like uh, scratching at the at the ground you know in, in yeah. not in the coop because the coop and the run are two different things the coop is the fenced in part where they can roam all day long and the coop is the part that they go and roost and lay their eggs okay now my coop is above ground okay and the 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 run is is all fenced in so i did um you know bury my my mesh Honestly, the only reason that I suggest to make your coop not on ground level is just so you get in there to get the eggs. You're like my my coop floor is about at waist height. Okay. So when I open the door, my nesting box are like at I, I just have to reach in and grab. I don't bend over, I don't have to get in there, I don't you know, like they're right there at arm's reach. Yep. That's why I suggest it. It's just so much easier. It's you know, high off the ground especially for us the cold in the winter the ground freezes yeah so i had to insulate the underneath to stop the cold from coming in okay so that's okay. that's why i did it and i i really suggest uh to simplify things because i mean you can't forget you got to clean these things out you got it you know mm -hmm. and that's a good at, at this point what we'll talk about is the way i personally think you should finish because i looked at a ton of designs and you got to think that you're going to clean this thing out so what i did is, you know, being a uh, uh, welder fabricator, you know, you're usually trying to build square stuff and make it nice and level and flat and, you know. Mm -hmm. 
what I did on this one, I pur- purposely slanted the back corner uh, down at an angle. And once I finished it all with my wood, I installed cushion floor in there and I brought it up about six inches on each side. So when I put the sawdust in there for their bedding, um, you know, when I take that out, I can hose down in there and I put a valve in the corner. Yeah. So the water will all go down. It does not soak into my wood. I can wash it out real good, you know, disinfect it really good yep. with like a safe product to disinfect. And then there's a clean out drain on the, on the back side. I open up, I got a hose running down and I'm lucky enough that I have no neighbor in the back and it runs down a hill. So I just run a 10 foot hose and I run the, the water out the back. So yep. very important when you're thinking of building your coop, make sure you have easy accessibility to clean it out. Yep. Don't make it all nice and fancy and straight. The chickens don't care. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> you know? I was about to say something that I was going to say. Uh, yep. So when you build your coop, have a place to clean the poop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good, that's actually a really good, you know, point. You know, you're, you're right. And, and you're now, again, let's get back to the run. Yep. Uh, we have the mesh buried. Their chickens are always scratching at everything. So if you're, if you're planning on putting this, somewhere and you think there's going to be grass left where you're putting it i guarantee you there's not there will be no grass left there there's going to be no within grass like, left <laughs> within two days there will be no grass left so what oh, yeah. i did i actually i actually went and i was lucky enough to uh, have access to a a gravel pit and i was able to get really nice fine sand put in there so it, it's easy for them to scratch that's one thing uh then into your coop um and, and your run should be high enough that you can walk in so you can go clean it. Don't make like your a run like two feet off the ground and then you got to get in there and clean it. You're going to be like kneeled down in there. Okay. I made mine eight feet tall. You know, I can walk straight in. No problem. Okay. Now in your coop, nesting boxes, you know, chickens are going to want to go into this nice little cozy place to lay their eggs. Um. If you have more than one chicken, definitely have more than one nesting box because then they're going to want to nest at the, in the same box at the same time. They're going to pick at each other. They're going to, you know. <laughs> it gets a little for, bit hectic. Yeah, it gets, hec- it's get, it gets hentic. <laughs> oh, that was bad. It's too, it's too late. It's too late to be talking like this. Yeah, no. But, you know, nesting boxes are very important. If you want your healthy chickens to lay an egg a day like they should, you know, give them their space. Give them, you know what they need nesting boxes they make nice i i'd started off i made wooden ones and you know i actually went and bought the plastic ones that are so much easier because they clean out i mean nothing absorbs into plastic now if you were you know like let's say let's say if you were to want to to actually hatch your own eggs yeah like is i've done that yeah you've done that now the chickens i have now are are i've hatched them okay but yeah. like, for instance, if you were, can you hatch the eggs that the chickens you have now were to lay? If would I would you... have a rooster, yes, yeah, I could, because had... obviously they're not fertile. But yes, yes uh, they, I'd have no problem. One, I have an incubator just because uh, a broody hen sometimes is, by broody, I mean, she'll sit on, on her eggs. Yeah. Sometimes it's problematic because she gets kind of protective of them. Yeah. So it is kind of you know not fun so what i would do if i would do that again i do have a a large incubator that can incubate up to uh 36 eggs i believe and it's like an automatic one that flips the eggs and everything like it's yeah yeah 
it's the way to go if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you could definitely you would probably need a larger chicken coop, like if you're outside the sea limits and you you're gonna have like a micro farm type thing. Yep. I'd say go ahead and leave the leave nature do its thing. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, I've hatched it. It was actually a really fun experience with the kids, uh, which was pretty cool. Well, that's not bad, and yeah. I was actually impressed impressed to see the whole thing happen. So yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, and obviously, if you're thinking of your chicken coop, depending on where you live, uh, winter time. I mean, mine's fully insulated, heat lamps, uh, heated waterers for my water not to freeze. Uh, you know, you got to think about those kinds of things. Now, would you say, like, I'm going to ask this question here. Yeah. In terms of being cost effective or not, do you believe that having the chicken coop, you are saving money or are you spending money? Because I mean, you can cultivate your own eggs. If you do eat, you know, chicken meat, eventually you can do that in a certain sense. I imagine so. But uh-huh. do you think that you save money on this or is it just pretty much like a homesteading hobby? I'm going to say uh, the obviously the initial cost of the coop uh, has has its cost. But I was lucky enough to be able to build it with mostly recycled material that I was able to get my hands on. Um, the the once once you're let you want to go. Okay. If you build your coop from scratch and you own this really fancy coop, yeah, you can, you can, it can cost you some money. But once that is built, there's practically no cost. Yeah, everything is just I pretty mean, much like the, the, it runs the on feed, its own. The fee, yeah, the fee you're going to give them costs less than the amount of eggs you have by the time you got to buy another bag of feed. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so if you're going there, if you do eat a lot of eggs or do a lot of baking or whatnot, for that, it, it costs practically nothing. Yeah. Um, in my case, in the winter time, where if I want my chickens to keep laying because they will not lay if it gets under a certain temperature. So I'm running like three heat lamps in there, you know, 24-7. So yeah, my, my power bill uh, might rise a little bit because of that in the winter, yes. But again, I could, I could maybe, uh, you know, have chicken meat in the winter instead of chicken eggs, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't. I keep them, yeah. but I, you know that would be an option there for sure. But it also has it also comes down to again if you're going to be self sufficient or grow your own garden. I compost all my my uh, chicken poop, you know, and uh, yeah. well, I apparently it. it's one of the best <laughs> one of the best. And you can I do. mean, exactly. And I I have four chickens. And I mean, I have mounds of it that I, I obviously it's filled with sawdust and everything else. But once you compost it, it all comes down to, you know, really nice uh, fertilizer for your garden. Yeah. So it's a win-win for me. Um, that's why I keep them around all the time. So yeah, no, definitely my tip, if you're you're thinking of getting any kind of homesteading, uh, you know, other than a garden, if you want to go like a, kick it up a notch. I think your first one should be a chicken coop. And also, uh, for city living uh, chicken coops, you they what they call chicken tractors. Okay. It's actually like a chicken coop on wheels. Okay. <laughs> so you can move it around your, your yard. Like if you, if you only want to have one or two chickens, okay, y- you build it 
that it's it's on wheels so when they when and you build like the, the coop part where they're gonna lay their eggs and everything like on a second level yeah and uh you know where you can close a door and they're safe in there because you can't if you're gonna be moving it around you can't bury the the uh, mesh underground or nothing you know yeah so a chicken will always go in at night he goes in you close the door next morning you come out got two little handles on the end you roll it over three four feet you let them out they go down and the run is underneath but it's it's just laying on the ground so something could dig underneath yeah but they'll go around they'll roam around they'll scratch the dirt all at the grass all day they'll eat the little bugs at night they go back in at night you can move it or the next morning you move it somewhere else that's that's actually a very popular trend Okay. And uh, it, it does have its benefits because they act as natural pesticide, right? They'll eat all the little bugs that are not good for your gardens. A lot of people actually make their their uh, garden wide enough that they can roll the tractor through it and leave the chickens scratch in their garden between yeah. the uh, between the plants and stuff, you know, to eat the bugs. So that's, yeah, that's another absolutely. good trend. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. with that, so... With that, I think we pretty much covered everything that is necessary to, to cover in, in our topic of homesteading and as well as yeah. in our product, that uh, our idea, as a matter of fact, yeah. of uh, what we suggest uh, you could start, you know, doing it yourself. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think uh, we'll be signing out. Uh, yeah. I'm, as usual, I'll always say it. I wish you guys all, you know, a safe stay at home and safe uh, adventures out there. I mean, the borders hopefully are going to start opening up quite soon. And yep. uh, we'll be able to uh, see more tourists uh, coming in and, and, you know, people trying uh, to try we'll some be able different to go fishing. on adventures. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll be able to go out on adventures finally. Uh, yeah. and, and you know what? It's it's like, it's all great and fun and stuff like that. And, you know, we're we're able to keep up our sanity for what we have right now. <laughs> yeah. This so, is helping. This is helping. So anyways, uh, once again, I'm wishing everybody a great stay at home and, and a great, uh, and a safe stay at home and a safe stay out there. And, uh, I'll be signing out. So cheers everyone. Cheers. <laughs>